0: What's going on guys? Welcome to Nerd Out. I'm your host Eddie Knight and this is a very special episode. One, because it is my first episode. Yes, this is episode one of Nerd Out with Eddie Knight and two, we're going to be talking about a hidden gem that I'm so happy that I found and that hidden gem is Doom Patrol. If you're unaware of what this podcast is, we talk about TV, film, entertainment, pop culture, and my favorite topic of all, superheroes. I've been a fan of superheroes since I could remember. All Most of my gifts were superhero oriented or basketball oriented. Um, I fell in love with superheroes ever since the 90s in that amazing show, Batman the Animated Series. So it's only right that my first episode of the podcast be about a DC TV show. This show is wacky, this show is goofy, this show is hilarious, but most importantly, It has some phenomenal writing, some great story arcs, phenomenal character building. It was plenty of times throughout this show where I forgot I was even watching a superhero show. If you've never heard of Doom Patrol, they originated in the comics in June, 1963. They appeared about three months before Marvel's X-Men. A lot of people um, assumed that Stan Lee actually got the idea of X-Men from the Doom Patrol, a bunch of ragtag superheroes who weren't so super at the time uh, coming together and collectively building a dysfunctional family-like team that always got the job done. Sounds pretty familiar, right? Just a second, guys, before we get into today's topic, I want to talk to you about something called Anchor. It's the easiest way to start a podcast out there, and the best part about it is it's 100% free. There's a lot of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. That's dope for somebody like me because I'm always on the go. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you'll be heard on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. And my favorite part about it is you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor will start giving you ads right away. It's everything you need and more to make a podcast right here in one place. So if you're looking to start a podcast, make sure you go to the App Store and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. The original team consisted of Elastigirl, Robot Man, obviously the chief manning the controls, Negative Man, and also Crazy Jane. But later they adapted people like um, Beast Boy. Rita um, actually adopted Beast Boy. Um, But in this comic, they actually chose to use, I mean, in this adaptation, they actually chose to use Cyborg instead of Beast Boy. First and foremost, I, I'm glad even though Cyborg is the most popular hero in the show, I'm glad they didn't make it that way. I'm glad he wasn't over-exalted above the rest. You got to see uh peek into his brain as well, and he, you got to see that he was a flawed character just as much as these ragtag superheroes, even though everyone in the world already knew Cyborg and pretty much praised him at this point, and nobody knew who the rest of Doom Patrol was. But regardless just so you know a little bit about these characters, let's get into each character and let you know a little bit about them. The first character we're going to talk about is robot man played by Brendan Fraser. Um, I was so happy to see and hear him, even though you really only get to see him in his human form, um, for, you know, very small segments of the show, he's mostly just giving a vocal performance. It's just really good to hear him. Um, but basically Brendan Fraser plays a pretty poor, not poor, but a, a bad father who is also a, a race car driver. He's famous, kind of a douchebag. Um, cheats on his wife with his nanny. Him and his wife don't get along at all. Um, have a very terrible relationship. The first time you see him, it is basically setting it up for you to hate this guy. You should hate this guy. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a NASCAR driver who gets in an accident and uh, has to have his bl- brain transferred into the body of a robot. Next, you have Rita Farr, an actress, a very famous actress from the 50s, um, who's very stuck up, very arrogant, very, uh, for lack of better words, bitchy, and just set up to be this very awful person who talked down to everyone, who was kind of, not even kind of, she was very materialistic. There was a scene in the first episode where she has a director who has one arm. And she cannot focus on her lines to the point where she makes them get rid of that director and bring in a new director. They're in a town in Africa at this. Well, this is happening, by the way. So all these people hate her, Um, which then you go on to see her have her accident and where she becomes the last girl. But I'll get into that later. Next, we have Crazy Jane, Um, pretty much this punk street kid who. Uh, Long story short, has 64 different personalities in her. And the crazy thing is these 64 different personalities, most of them all have their own separate powers. One of them being where one can literally freaking speak words into existence. And those words turn into these extremely cool looking, jagged weapons. She can literally use words as weapons. It's crazy. The most insane thing I've ever seen <laughs> on a TV show, especially a superhero TV show. The first time you see her she's being extremely rude to robot man uh, saying some extremely hurtful things. Also you should hate this character how it's being set up. The next you meet the guy being portrayed as negative man, this guy, seemingly also someone born in like the fifties or sixties, it seems like, well, or grew up in the fifties and sixties. This guy seems to have it all. He's a pilot, has a beautiful wife. He has a family. He has one of the most coolest jobs on the world. He's a good looking guy. This guy seems to have it all, but he is miserable inside because in the time that he is living, being gay is not an acceptable thing yet. And he is a closeted gay man and he let fear stop him from being with the person he loved, and went on to be in a loveless, lifeless marriage before he then died and was revived by a negative spirit, which basically lets him live forever. As long as, as long as it's inside of him, I don't know why I can't talk right now. And there's cyborg, but I won't get into cyborg yet because he doesn't come into play yet. You meet all these characters in the first episode and it's set up to where you do not like them, right? And then all of a sudden something happens, something that DC doesn't do very well usually, but they did it phenomenally in this show. And that is character building. Within that first episode, you meet all these characters. You meet crazy Jane and it's subtly hinted at that. She was molested as a child by her father. And that's what brought on these 64 different personalities that began to manifest themselves. And then once you see her being a jerk, your feelings completely shift about her. Then you meet robot man, a guy who thought he lost his life on a racetrack. He did die in a crash, but not the one on the racetrack. He actually survived that unscathed and won the race, got out of his car after winning the race and assaulted what was to be known as his best friend for, because his wife subtly hinted that they slept together. Then he went to a trailer home and screwed the nanny, got high on cocaine, chugged back a lot of alcohol and beers, uh, slept it off then went to go pick up his wife. So he is under the assumption that he just, you know, is has been gone for 30 years and his wife and his daughter are just living somewhere else happily ever after. But what really happened is when he went to go pick up his wife, he wasn't paying attention to the road. To a parked semi in the middle of the highway and it literally decapitated her and sh- destroyed his body pretty much to shreds where they could only save his brain yeah really dark stuff so these people who at first you kind of hated you ended up feeling a lot of empathy and compassion for then you have negative man who became negative man when he went into space and he got inhabited by a being called the negative spirit. When that negative spirit went into his body, he shut down all motor functions and literally crashed into earth from space crashed and burned came out with fourth degree burns all over his body became out a completely disfigured human being. The only reason that he was able to come out and walk out of the crash is because the negative spirit was in him. The, the old, pilot once known as captain trainer was no longer any time now that the spirit leaves his body it completely leaves the body limp useless and basically dead he can only survive when the negative spirit is inside of him and if the negative spirit leaves him for more than a minute he will die now i had never read a comic book of the doom patrol even though i'm a huge comic book fan i've never really known about these characters in death before But yet now we're in episode one. This has all happened in one freaking episode. And now I'm completely stuck to the screen and in love with these characters. So the next episode in episode two, we meet Cyborg. Um, Everyone knows who Cyborg is. He's always getting stopped by people asking him, people asking to take pictures and get his autograph. He's well known a lot of uh, Justice League references. And and by the way, a lot of people were talking bad about his costume in this show. But I honestly like the more tangible feel of his costume versus having him be 100 percent CGI with a human face like the Justice League movie. That's just really hard to pull off. And, uh, cost an extreme amount of money, which the, they just don't have for this show. And, uh, but it's okay because they use the money and the budget that they do have very well. And I like his costume. I like that it looks tangible. I like that you can see it. Looks like something you could actually feel looks for the most part real. So I enjoyed his outfit. But anyways, so you meet Cyborg. Everyone knows this guy. Um, seems like the perfect superhero, but even he has a pretty blurry, And a pretty dark backstory. Him being the guy that he is and being stubborn, um, an explosion happened in which was he was pretty much the cause of which made him become cyborg. But in that explosion, his mom actually died. And the thing that sucks is spoiler alert, even though he was made to believe he was programmed to believe that she died instantly. But what really happened is his dad had to choose. They were both still alive and the treatment can only be given to one of them. So his dad had to pick between him and his mother to save. And his dad chose cyborg, obviously. So um, once that news is revealed, there's a lot of uh, tension between him and his dad, which had been very well played out and very well earned and very well built up up into that moment all throughout the show. Um, that's what I really like about this show. Everything is earned. Every big moment is earned there's an overarching theme with every one of these characters. And that theme is fear. They all operate off of fear. Last but not least on the superhero team, we have the chief, the one over it all, the one man in the wheelchair, um, which is another pretty close resemblance between this show and X-Men, but whatever. Um, Yeah. This guy seems to be this Very, very sweet, nice guy who just takes in all these strays and pretty much helps them hone their powers and abilities and gives them a place to stay so they won't be judged by society. Unlike the other heroes up until this point, up and throughout the entire show, nearly into the end, he is being portrayed to be this very nice, very good hearted man. And honestly, the whole driving force of season one. Is to get him back. He was actually captured by the villain of this story, which is the narrator. So they spend their whole show, the whole time trying to get this guy back. When he ended up being one of the worst of them all, arguably the true villain of the story. You come to find out by the end of the show that everything that has happened to these people that made them become what they are. Was all his fault. He was obsessed with immortality. Um, he was obsessed with staying alive so he could uh, watch over his daughter. He was obsessed with immortality, and in that, he needed guinea pigs. So, everything from Robot Man's Crash to Rita Farr's accident that turned out to Alaska Girl to the shot that officially brung out all 64 of James' personalities to the crash with Negative Man. Um, Pretty much everything other than Cyborg, he was responsible for making happen so he could have test subjects to finally fully become immortal. He was obsessed with it, which brings us to our villain, the narrator. It's a funny name. And one, he's called the narrator because he literally narrates throughout the entire show. But it isn't done in this lazy, cheesy way that narration is usually done. Oftentimes when he comes on the screen or when you hear his voice, it's one kind of chilling um, Very good vocal performance, too. It's very funny, usually. <laughs> he's usually extremely funny and it's done in this very self-aware way. So almost like the flow of the show feels like you're reading a comic book and he is narrating the comic to you. But now at this point, it's like they're all breaking the fourth wall to an extent where they all can hear the narrator. Like he's literally in their heads. Narrating their life as it happens. He's a very interesting character that I had never heard of before watching the show. One could argue that he's a hero, though. His whole driving force, his whole purpose throughout the entire show was to lead them to the truth, which was that the person they believed in, their hero, the chief, actually was the one who was responsible for them becoming the freaks that they are today. And the way he's able to narrate the story is he lives in a literal comic. Like it's so trippy. This show is really weird, really trippy and really interesting and keeps you glued to the screen. And he lives in a space in the comic called the white space, which is literally the white space in between the lines of a comic book. So it's literally like. You're on this comic book journey. It is so crazy. So they, at the end, they make it to this white space and he's able to put them back into the exact situations that got them to where they are today. And they have a choice. They have a choice to make. Are they going to stay in their dream world before they were freaks? Or are they and you know, pretty much forget about the chief or are they going to continue to do the same things that they did and find the chief? Uh, You know, and save him, which they do save him. And that's when they find out everything about what he did. They find out everything about his plan. And then they're conflicted, you know, like you you think about robot man. He literally had to abandon his family just because this man wanted to perform an experiment. You got crazy Jane, who suffered some crazy traumas, who brought out all these different personalities that he pretty much unleashed. You got negative man who has now out aged his lover, now out aged his ex wife, and now has never hasn't seen his kids since the day he quote unquote died or became negative man. So it's very conflicting. Um, You think the story is over, but then it goes back to Doom Manor, where he is asking the Doom Patrol to help them, he meaning the chief. The narrator now has his daughter in the white space, holding her captive. Jane decides to help him and they all follow suit, which would make sense. I mean, she was a kid who was molested and felt unprotected. So it makes sense that she would want to then protect this little girl, even though she was completely pissed at the chief for what he'd done to everyone. I won't spoil the climax scene, but it is hilarious. It is, it is a lot of usage of random animals and, uh, sim, uh, symbolism and things like that with animals. And it's, it's really weird, but it makes them for some hilarious scenes. Long story short, they, they, they do everything that they set out to do, but now they're faced with a dilemma at the end. And, uh, I am really, really, I, I love when shows and movies end on this weird note to where it's not like super happy. It's not, a win. It's not everybody just wins. It's kind of a gray area. It's kind of a bittersweet type thing. And uh, this show does that a lot. Like this is not your even though it's very funny and very comedic and very humorous, this is not your regular happy-go-lucky superhero show by any means. Uh, This is a show about fear. This is a show about overcoming fear. This is a show about even when you overcome fears and even when you evolve and become a better person, everything doesn't just go back to the way it goes and go back to the way it was in your life. Um, there's a lot of hardships in the show, a lot of struggle in the show, a lot of pity, self-loathing, doubt, um, this show is really good. Like, like I told you, it was about seven episodes out of the like, th- I don't, don't want to say it was like 13 where I really forgot I was watching a superhero show until some like goofy superhero stuff happened. And when I say goofy, I don't mean goofy in a bad way. I mean like superhero goofy. But anyways, I hope you heard enough about this show to make you want to watch it and check it out. Um, I hope you want to check it out. It's really, really good. It's on DC Universe app. You can get the trial for seven days and binge all of it because you will want to binge this show. It is really good and season two premieres June 25th. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say it is June 25th and I am ready to start this show. I'm really, really ready to start season two because I- I'm so interested in seeing what's going to play out. Like what powers does um, the chief's daughter have, you know, what, what all is she able to do? How did they really make it out? of the white space, you know, I'm really to see what's ready to see what's going on in season two of Doom Patrol. And it is on the DC Universe app, but I I think eventually all these original shows that are on the DC Universe app will also be available on HBO Max, by the way. I'm going to make some predictions of what I think might happen in season two. So we got a crossover episode in the show of Titans, which I'll do a a review on season one and season two. Um, we had a crossover episode with the Doom Patrol in Titans. I'm hoping that we get to see Titans in the Doom Patrol, because we saw the Doom Patrol in Titans, and we saw that Beast Boy was living with the Doom Patrol, but we didn't see any of that in the Doom Patrol show. So I'm assuming that this took place before um, the Doom Patrol took Beast Boy in. So this has, so this show seems like it predates the Titans, which would make sense. Also, they didn't end on a Kubaya moment, so I'm really interested in seeing what they do with the chief and are they going to still continue to trust the chief? Um, A a lot of every every character kind of had their own arc and their own kind of separate story within the overall arcing story. And a couple of them got resolution. You know, um, Captain Trainer, a.k.a. Negative Man, got a little resolution. Cyborg got a little... Yeah, well, not even Cyborg, he it seemed as though he resolved things with his dad, but comes out, turns out his dad did some more shady things, altering his memories, altering his hard drive and things like that. And they're on shaky terms. They're on shaky terms with the chief. Uh, The narrator's not dead. You got the chief's daughter now. Also, Rita Rita's really the only one who kind of got resolution. Everyone else hasn't really gotten any resolution. It, it built up to the fact that, um, robot man, um, played by Brendan Fraser, was going to meet his daughter. Um, he ended up being in the same city with her and never approached her. So it's just so much stuff that could happen in season two. And I'm so glad that I waited until now to watch this show because now season two comes out this month. Uh, I think it's this month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it comes out this month. And yeah, now I don't have to really wait and I don't have to rewatch anything because it's still fresh on my brain. And I'm just so pumped and ready to see this show. But look, guys, that is episode one. Hopefully this wasn't all over the place. I will get it a little more concise uh the more and the longer that I do this. Um But yeah, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to episode one of Nerd Out with Eddie Knight and talking with me and listening to me about this hidden gem called the Doom Patrol. I love this show. It is so weird, so trippy, so aesthetically pleasing and so well written. I hope they don't do what TV shows tend to do on season two, which is cram all these extra episodes in and make it like 25 episodes long and then you stretch out stories and then you just put in a bunch of unnecessary plots that don't have anything to do with the overall arc. Um, I hope they keep it nice and concise like they did in season one with about 13 episodes or so and it would just make way more sense and it would make for way more digestible and better content seeing how these episodes are literally all an hour long a piece. So yeah, that's my predictions. That's my hopes. That's my loves. That's that's everything I like about this show. Um, Honestly, only I, it's not a thing that I didn't like about this show. The only thing that I wish is that they had a little bit bigger budget. Um, I felt like they could have made cyborg suit seem a little more seamless with his skin. Other than that, like literally the only problems that I had were just things like that about things that they obviously just didn't have the budget to do. Other than that, man, I love this show. Hopefully I didn't spoil it too much. I tried to give you some, but not give you everything. So you want to go check it out for yourself, man. But I'm Eddie Knight. This is Nerd Out with Eddie Knight, episode one. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.